0: gold <laughs> Duh, i'm already like yeah let's go
1: yeah i mean we get matt fired up on a topic we know it's going to be good yeah it's
0: time to hurry up and hit record
1: <laughs> welcome to practical shooting after dark We're here to talk about shooting on deck tonight mr park hello mr prank is here hello uh and jason bradley is also on board hello Looks like you're lubing up your, your gap there, Jason. Yeah, I am. All right, so I'm very excited because it, we learned just before we went live that Matt is going to talk about something that triggers him. And the only description we got of the the topic was the fucking people with the dry fire videos. <laughs> so uh, I can't wait to learn more.
2: Yeah, no, so this is, it's a trigger. I mean, it's it's mildly irritating to me to say the least right and it's watching you know the whole like i i've said it a hundred times man instagram is ruining fucking shooting one video at a time
0: (laughs) tell Uh, me more i want to hear more why is this
2: watching you know you know so much information's out there about dry firing how to dry fire correctly right Mm -hmm. and i think it's i love the way you guys wrote the your most current book where You leave it up to the individual like, hey, you're going to scale up or scale down, figure out where you're going to enter this dry fire manual and start training correctly. And everyone always enters it at a much higher level than what their actual ability is, right? Or I'm watching guys dry fire, you know, to where they're racing part time, Mm -hmm. right? Not understanding when they read some of your earlier books and and that those, the times in like Dry Fire Reloaded are not part times, rather they're goal times. Goal times for you to consistently hit that provided that all the other skills, most important, the visual side of it, that you're getting the training out of Dry Fire where you're visually confirming what the sites are doing, right? And you're able to process that and adjust to it while it's happening and not after the fact. And right. for me, that, that's always been the goal with dry fire.
1: And you're gripping the gun properly while you're doing that.
2: Everything. Yeah. You got to have a good grip. But you see guys, you know, put out, oh, great, you got a blazing fast reload, right? You you can reload your pistol in 0.8 seconds, dry fire, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you post that on the Instagrams. but. In reality, when you stand at seven yards, you're adding – you're almost doubling that time, you know, 1.2, 1.3, you know, 1.5 seconds. So along
1: the same line, Matt, I want to ask what you think about this. I saw a guy put out a video on Instagram where it was the normal shooting video I've seen where it's just going to be super fast draw, squirts some bullets, super fast reload, squirts some bullets. Um, But instead of just – Doing that on a paper target, he put out some uh, clay pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He put out, so he'd like clay pigeon, clay pigeon, <laughs> reload, clay pigeon, clay pigeon, <laughs> and you could see everything in the shot. What do you think about that?
2: I think the difference in, in that video is the guy probably hit the stuff, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I would this think. particular oh,
1: wow. guy did hit the stuff. This was Jason put out this video. so I know. Video. Yeah. You saw it. Uh, uh, so Jason, this is perfect. You got to come in and tell us like y- your video that you put
3: up. I assume
1: you're addressing something along the lines of what Matt's talking about. Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I when I put it up, I wasn't thinking of anything. I just did it. But it's like I had to, um, uh, I wanted to make it hard. I wanted to make it more difficult than just um, squirting two bullets, reload squirting two bullets. So I wanted to hit difficult targets and then you had to nail the reload. But I was also just, you know, kind of goofing around, but I agree with everything Matt's saying. So
2: Yeah, I think it's No, I think when you, you see these guys doing this and you know, like I will tell you for me historically, there's 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 no difference in what I can do dry fire versus live. Like I don't have blazing fast dry fire part time. Right? Like I've never been able to to dry fire El Prez in three seconds you know where you see some guys because the overarching theme of all my dry fire has always been visual like visual discipline and visual confirmation of what the sights look like you know and it goes back to like making sure that grip solid or whatever you know we had just had a conversation with ben about grip that kind of makes me feel bad about my shooting but when the grip is solid, right, and it's good all the time, the recoil is not an issue. It's it's the visual engagement and staying connected to the target and connected to the site and being able to understand and make minor corrections and minor inputs to what's happening while it's happening. That's the goal of drive fire. And then when you take that to live, you're much more, you know, capable when you're when you're actually building that skill rather than, you know. Most people too, I think, drive. They don't focus on that visual part and the confirmation in dry fire. They only work on a gun handling piece because it's easy, and then they can get re- results with that. But it takes much more, you know, objective discipline to assess what you're doing, you know, visually. Because when you're dry fire, you, there's no, you know, there's nothing to score on the target, and then everything's like, oh yeah, that's good, because no one wants to beat themselves up and be like. Hey, man, you are dragging off on every single target or the gun's not even up to your eye target line. You're not even going to hit. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I see video after video of this shit on Instagram.
0: Let me throw out a hypothetical situation. And you tell me if this sounds like something that could trigger you. Uh, a person hypothetically is doing four aces. They snatch the gun out of the holster. They barely got it in their hands without dropping it on the ground. The gun almost gets to eye level, then they smash the trigger, they bring the gun back down, slam a mag into the gun, kind of sort of have a grip, maybe get the gun up at line ish and then click the trigger a couple times, doing, like, cup and saucer, who knows what it is. And they're like, man, yeah. that was 1-7, that was like, let's go! I'm really getting somewhere. So is that kind of what you're talking yeah, but- about, as opposed to, like, if that, there was actually firing live ammo, they wouldn't have any recoil control, it's not building good habits, is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, it's like you know i would love it to see take a major national level match and make four aces one of the stages <laughs> yes I, I i bet you very few guys would be throwing times up under you know two and a half seconds yeah man i like it right. Yeah. yeah no. i i could talk about that for an hour that's that's something it just bothers me because it's and then other people that are you know maybe looking in the wrong they're looking to Instagram or looking to social media for you know kind of guidance and training or ideas and they see this and it starts to reset oh well this is normal this is what this is what on demand performance this is what all the time looks like and it's just not what it looks like
1: yeah they're like celebrating uh, shit training
2: yeah and you you start building those scars in you do that for six or eight months, you're going to spend a year undoing it. Yeah. I think. <sighs>
1: All right.
0: I like it. Well, uh, well, if you like what on. Matt's talking about, by the way, to plug my own stuff, uh, okay. there was a training group live episode uh, that we talked with Matt and we were talking about why Instagram is ruined shooting. So if you, uh, if you like what he's saying and want to hear more of it, we talked about a similar topic to that on a uh, training group live. Look at that. I use your podcast to show my own stuff, Ben. Amazing. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's move on. Who wants to go next?
0: Ben, what do you have to say, sir?
1: I want to talk about something that I, I think people will understand, but I see it so frequently. And like Matt, this might be a trigger warning. This might be something that bothers me a lot. And I see it a lot, especially at club matches. And it's the difference between planning and programming. So here's what I mean is uh, you see a guy who like walks through the stage like once and it's complicated, you know, it's like a complicated situation. Like he's going to shoot in one place and then walk while he's shooting a couple more targets, then change angles and shoot some other shit. Like it's a complicated thing. He walks through it once and then he shoots it and totally fucks it up. Totally. And then he'll say like, well, I plan to do, you know, that thing that you said, like this complicated thing, like I plan to but I saw him walk through it once. He he might have had this vague notion in his head that is something that he wanted to do, but he never translated that into actually programming himself, visualizing it so that he would actually do it when the buzzer went off. You guys get the distinction I'm making here? Mhm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I think most people don't understand this distinction, especially like at the club level. They view planning as, like they they walk through the stage, they get a vague notion of what they want to do. Like reload, they figure out where they're going to reload and then they just, you know, shoot that bitch as opposed to a detailed visualization and some planning.
0: Uh Ben, tell me more. What do you mean by detailed visualization? What should uh, someone well, be doing I, to I, not let I this would happen to them? I a, recommend
1: a particular spot on each target that you're going to look to as well as visual markers. So you can locate positioning and then, looking for where there's gonna be time that you're not doing anything like just running and try to eliminate that dead time as much as you can, shooting more targets while you're moving or giving yourself a spot to look at to attack in terms of movement, like running towards that. You know what I mean? Like a specific thing to do at all times on the stage indicated by something visual. That would be like, a spe- like turning the plan into programming, into something that's actually gonna happen.
0: What if I think yeah. I have it programmed, but I'm not sure, Ben? What should I do in that instance, sir?
1: I, I don't know. Like, I'd probably program it some more.
0: How about, how about closing your eyes and being able to, like, you know where all the targets
1: are, standing back. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the test. The but if you're yeah. not sure, like, I guess just keep doing it until you are. You, but I think you, un- understanding you, the distinctions is really the important part. That I'm getting that.
2: Do you see this happening more with, like, lower classification guys Well,
1: lower classification people people who've hardly been around or people who've been around forever you know what i mean you'll see people who've been around forever that's just like sitting at the same level of shooting not really improving and probably this is a big part of why they don't really i don't know they don't really program in what's going to happen anyway that's what i that's what i've got something to think about for people Mr. Park, what do you um, want to talk about, sir?
0: I have a show and tell because I get asked questions about it quite a bit. Um, I have in my hot little hands for the audio listeners. Just it's just a GoPro mounted on a, a pro shot baseball cap. Um, I don't know. One of my friends had just some mount, and so all I did was drill holes into the bill of a bill of a hat, and uh, this mount. I don't know. I think came with the GoPro to just slid it and attach. Whatever. Like this isn't. Oh, Sasquatch is calling me. Very sorry, he'll have to wait. Um, this setup itself isn't that complicated. <laughs> Whatever, it's just just a just a GoPro mounted to a hat. Um, but so then people are like, well, what do you use it for? Is it just for posting your stage runs on Instagram? And uh, I've actually got a lot more use setup than I originally ha- thought I would, even. Um, so there's a couple of things I think that's really worth talking about. Um, first thing is you don't always know what's actually happening. You might recall, like, oh, I shot the I shot the the activator, the popper for the activator. Then I shot static target. Then the activated target, or I came in on the left target. It was really the right target. When things are happening so fast in competition, sometimes it's tough to actually remember or practice, for that matter, actually remember what really happened. So I think it's good to verify. Uh, I remember talking recently with a friend where I was like, "Hey, you you shot this steel. You went after this one. You went to war with it a little bit. Then you moved on." I was like, and then you came back and picked it up later. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure I hit. I'm like, no, you didn't. I'm like, here, I got here. Let's look at some video. Um, so anyway, it's handy for that. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, actually seeing like delayed movement or imprecise transitions uh, due to staring at your dot, so you can see how the gun's tracking. Like if I'm watching my footage and I come off this partial and I see like delayed movement or going to the next target. I'll see, like, the dot go past the sights. Like, I'm watching the muzzle of the gun, and I'll see, like, I'm shooting a tough target, and then it, like, goes over and it comes back, or it doesn't go to the right spot and I have to adjust. It's like, oh, I was obviously staring at the dot. Like, quit being an idiot. Stop doing that. Um, Or maybe I'm going to a position am like, oh, I thought I had the gun up. I was aiming to the wall. I watched the video. It's like, oh, I could have had the gun up sooner. Whatever. Um, So, anyway, I think there's a lot of takeaways from analyzing your shooting. And like I said, when it's all, it's all happening so fast, it's tough to process it, tough to remember it all. But then I can go back and, I mean, if you want to frame by frame, um, look at what's actually happening and see if what you think is happening, what's actually happening. And that's a good way for me, like for my shooting, to find stuff that I want to address. Because I'm like, I thought this was happening. I'm obviously still looking at my dot once in a while. I definitely don't want to be doing that anymore. So in my dry training or my next live training, I'm gonna be really aware of that issue I'm having and make sure I work through it. So, and then I, I mean, I I use even just for practice. Like I normally I just throw that hat on and hit go. And then, you know, if I like wanna remember what happened or play back the tape, whatever, it's just there. So anyway, uh, I think it's pretty valuable.
1: You have a hat camera, Jason?
3: I have a GoPro. I just bought one and uh, I have not mounted it yet. And I also have the, the AIM Pro glasses. But well, I haven't you can, used either one of them yet.
1: All right. Well, I guess I guess we'll be seeing some shooting footage from you soon. You don't wear a GoPro to
2: match, do you, Matt? Have you considered it. No. No, I haven't. I need to. I'm not I'm bad about filming anything. I need to probably get better at it. Me too. Well, if I could quickly
0: ramble, Ben, before we move on. Like my deal for this is like I'm not gonna mess around with this crap during my make ready. Like it's just not going to happen. So all like I'll just hit go. Like when I put my hat on, like when I'm a couple shooters down and I'll just let that thing run for a couple minutes before I shoot. Like, I don't care. I'll edit it later. Like it's already on my head. It's already going. I don't like, oh, I'm getting ready to shoot. Let me make sure I have pro grip. Let me make sure I have this stupid thing turned on. Like, I'm not going to mess with that. So I just hit go, put on the hat. I forget it's there. And then like when I shoot, when I get done sometime afterwards, I'll just turn it off. So it's not like, it's not a distraction when I actually want to shoot. And I remember when I first got it, uh, a conversation I had with Ben. I was like well i think i'll just use it for practice i don't know if i'll use it for matches and ben's like yeah you need to use that in matches i was like okay and then uh i was pretty glad i did so
2: are the aim pro glasses better than you think a uh or you know ones that have the camera i know there's a couple companies cameras in the glasses rather than the head mounted
1: i think you'll like the angle and the footage quality from that camera but the problem is they're your glasses and if you have other glasses you like you know yeah. you got a problem
0: yeah that's it and, and i have like lenses and frames that i already like they're comfortable i'm used to so i just don't want to i don't want to mess with anything else whereas a baseball cap like maybe it's not the best angle it's a little bit of weight on the your hat but it's out of the way like i don't have to mess with it it's not in my not in my vision at all
3: so yeah. i did get these set up and ran some drills and i and there it's on my instagram matt so if you wanted to look at it and I did have the camera set down to where you can actually kind of see the dot pretty well, but that then the camera's kind of in your eyesight, your eye line a little bit more. Um, and I wasn't sure how I wanted to proceed with that in an actual match. Um, so, for the purpose of getting the dot and maybe seeing what the dot's doing, but even then, it's not exactly right. It's a little, uh, little off. So it is better for that, but these are kind of bulky. I actually like these, I do. They're, they're bulky, they're heavier. So if you have a really nice pair of glasses, and this is actually going to segue nicely into mine, my topic, um, these are bulkier, heavier, and then you got to match lens types and all that stuff. So I'll just wear these constantly. So I, I did wear these for a couple hours, uh, multiple times in practice sessions. And, you know, I, I would prefer to wear uh, a nice pair of glasses. For the most part, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. But you did like the footage you pulled off that. I did. And there's some pretty cool. It does look pretty good. Is this a good time to do mine? Yes, yeah, sir. Go for it. Fire away, dude. All right. So I'm actually, this is what I'm talking about is glasses. So I am on the hunt for a new pair of glasses. I've been using um, a, a particular brand. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, the it one does. Lens. Okay. No. So Oakley's. I've been using Oakley's. And it's the one lens, the, I guess it's the M type or whatever. And they're, they've basically just been the dark lenses. Um, I've shot those for about a year or two. And I like the glasses. They're comfortable. The lenses are good. The one thing I like about them, and I don't have either one of them, uh, my pairs with me in here. But okay. they they cover most everything. So you don't get a lot of light in from underneath and the sides. Um, but I just bought a pair of flak 2.0s and Flak jackets or something like that. And they let a little bit more light in and I got a different prism lens on those. So I'm going to be, you know, messing with those to see what that does. I shoot flak jackets usually. Yeah. So I do like them. They're light. Um, And I do like, I got the golf prism lenses, and I do like that so far. So I'm kind of experimenting with that uh, to see how that handles multiple light lighting situations. Um, I know there's glasses out there um like the uh, the hunters two point uh, the, the hunters gold those are supposed to handle a bunch of different lighting conditions so the, the issue was is i was tired of having a pair of clear lenses and a pla- pair of dark lenses for maybe the same day and always carrying those with me because you don't know what's going to happen you show up it's it's overcast the sun comes out now you kind of need some dark lenses so that's basically been this week in shooting for me as I'm experimenting with lenses um, and tents. So I bought a pair. They allowed me to return them. I have 60 days to return, uh, make a couple of returns. So I'm basically going to take advantage of it and see if I see there's any benefit out of the golf prisms or any of the prism lenses um, and frame types. I like it. What do y'all think about those, Ben?
1: I've used the golf. I like them. Uh, Andreas uses the trail, the prism trails. Uh, those are likes those more for the Browns, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good lens. I don't think it's the best in super bright sunlight.
3: So today I came home. It was super bright outside. I took both my Oakley pair of glasses out, and uh, super bright, it, it, I was, it, I was still somewhat blinded.
1: Yeah, like the M frames are what you have with the darker lenses are going to be your pick for,
3: yeah, for bright light, I think. But that's the problem. I don't want to carry two pair of glasses around, so I'm trying to they, be certain. I might you not almost have. need a transition lens, but you have, to t- you have to carry
1: clears anyway for when it rains, dude. Hmm. You're not
3: really thinking this through. I guess not.
0: I only have three pairs in my range bag and then a fourth in my car. Because, I know. you know, options. What if you like have, a, like, a, a shoot
1: house? Like, gets- uh, stage one in Florida or whatever, you know?
2: what were you saying matt oakley makes a pretty decent transition lens they do and it transitions pretty quickly too
3: so the other thing i will say is, i when i bought these aim cams they have some yellow tint and i've been wanting to try the hunter's hd gold glasses out to try those because i think those are somewhat transitions um i know ben you've tried some of those but um mm-hmm. i just wanted to try everything because everybody's different and it and um I was trying to avoid having two lenses, but the cool thing about Oakley's is you can have um, the the, the lenses change out very easily. So that may be something I do is have a set of glasses with a particular lens, whatever I settle on, and then maybe have a clear set for the, but then the problem is you're basically paying for the lenses when you buy glasses. And so uh, you almost have it. it's, it's less, it's less stuff to pack. I guess I don't want to carry two sets of glasses with me if I can avoid it, but I may not be able to. So.
1: Hmm. well i guess we'll see we will see all right let's take the question i'm new to uspsa and shooting sports in general i was in law enforcement for over a decade still have reserve status i say that because i'm going to run matches and more of a duty setup that includes my gun and carry optics it's a stock lock 17 with a red dot sight and a surefire weapon mounted light Part of my reason for doing this, and I hope other cops are competing as well, is to get better at shooting. I also want to see what concepts can be implied to the tactical world from the competitive world firsthand. In my mind, carrying close to what you have on the road seems to be a good thing, division depending. But listening to your podcast reverse order, the gist I'm getting is weapon lights are not really liked by some of the well-established shooters. If people are abusing it and buying weights with an LED, I get the hate. But if it's a legit duty light, do you hold the same opinion? I was just curious if you were opposed to them completely in the competitive realm or the fact that the rule is too broad and should be narrowed. Okay, now I'll I'll answer for myself, I apologize for the confusion on this. Uh, I don't really give a shit if you have a flashlight on your gun or not. Um, We have divisions that, well, traditionally were limited modifications, so they just said no to all sorts of stuff, uh, including weapon-mounted lights because, you know, the reason that we'd put them on is for weights. So, when they changed, started fucking the rules around and encouraging people to play with that stuff, that was what irritated us. I don't think anybody really cares if you have a a flashlight on your gun. It's not really about that. Is that that a complete answer, I think? Yeah.
0: That was perfect. And then, yeah, I think some of us just did some testing with and without the like to see if we could notice a difference.
1: Yes. And it was like my frustration is that you guys were put in a position where you had to be testing that shit. I wanted to know,
0: like, yes or no. All right, they're not wrong.
1: It said nobody's saying anything. not having to go at the establishment. Nah. No I think I think people get the picture. I
0: think we already have it figured out then.
1: I think we do. All right <laughs> yeah I mean
2: I think they're I understand they did the the weapons like thing, trying to broaden you know everyone in USPSA. The problem is <laughs> is nobody's turning the damn light on before they start shooting in the middle of the day. And then it starts blending in this, well, like he's, cops want to use well, it. Well, Matt, great. You, you're you
1: around plenty of, uh, I guess we'd call them tactical people. Do you think what's keeping them from matches is the fact that they can't bring their pistol with a weapon-mounted light to a match? Is that what's keeping them?
2: 100% no. Do
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, you think there might be another reason? yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, tell me more. Serious. what I, yeah they're dude i'm telling you it's the same thing it they don't want you don't want to be told that you're not good at your life's work And basically for most guys when they go to a match the first time that's what they're going to get told now the right the right mindset the right you know the guy with the right mind is going to take that and understand hey i can learn from i can learn the, these guys are obviously better at shooting than than i am so let me let me Steal what I can from them and help get better at my at my job, right? And that's the biggest thing, man. Like cops, tax, any quote unquote tactical shooter can't do is they can't separate the shooting from the tactics. And and it's shooting is it shooting It doesn't matter if it's USPSA three gun. It doesn't. It's shooting is shooting. You know. You want the most performance you can get and you, you, you introduce that into other different games or tactics, whatever, and you're, you're going to be better for it. I think.
1: Well, you're not wrong. I, I love uh, having a little lesson there at the end. Story time for Matt, so it was the best time. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you guys for coming on. I do appreciate it. Listeners, if you have any questions you'd like the answer to, go to bensticker.com, send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you.